Ramon Foster show starring a totally stoked Ramon Foster out in Hendersonville, Tennessee. I'm Dan Kovacevic of TK Pittsburgh Sports here in downtown. And Moan, it'll be Steelers versus Panthers. 102 p.m. kickoff in Charlotte for all the dot, dot, dot. I shouldn't say that because the Panthers are in such a horrific division that the game actually matters to them. Yeah, it does. Uh, DK, this is this is cold blooded right here. This <laughs> it is. is. Uh, That's a subject. <laughs> I think people would rather talk about the weather. Like, is it getting cold for Christmas? Will we have snow? Because this game right here, I don't want to call it meaningless, but it's really uh, pride. It's it's job, you know, interviews. I think for the next year and stuff like that. Like you said, the NFC South is bad. I think their best team is right at 500 or below 500. Below 500, 6 and 7 Tampa. That's where they are. And what's crazy is is Carolina could potentially be in the freaking playoff hunt if they won a few games. That's what's crazy about it's it. Unbelievable what, it's, it's, what that division's become. I think they're playing with a little bit more than we we are in a sense. I ain't going to say a little bit more, but their their goals and motives are. I, I they just I, beat I, Seattle. I look, they just beat yeah, Seattle. I know. And their motive, I mean, the, the, you look at the AFC North and you say, I don't think Pittsburgh catching Cincinnati or Baltimore for those reasons. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the Cincy is closed. Baltimore, we can go try to beat them and make something of the season. I think the biggest, uh, the biggest goal for us right now, the Steelers, is to not be fourth in the AFC North. Is that fair to say? I don't know. I, I, and, and this – you know that coach, Moan, and it, well, actually, you don't know him in this circumstance. In this but, circumstance, but everything is just about that week's game. Yeah, I, I don't think you're going to see him change that and say, "Hey, everybody, let's just have fun and get better." No, not the case. You know, only only meaningless like week we've ever had, and none of it's meaningless in the sense of the play. But it would probably be like last game of the year <laughs> versus <Cleveland>. Cleveland. <laughs> versus Cleveland. I used to love those weeks. And I honestly loved it better on the road in Cleveland because their fan base would actually be so nasty to you that you still want to just beat them down real bad, <laughs> just embarrass the clowns in the stands. And by the end of the third quarter, here our fans take over the stadium. And by you know, the they, end of the fourth quarter, the Browns fire their coach. Yeah. How many times did that happen? Or you guys are going home on the bus down the turnpike, and you're looking at your phone, and you go, yep, got another one fired. Listen to me. <laughs> I never want to take, like, laugh at a, at a person losing their job. But seriously, that was one of the steady eddies of, like, being a Pittsburgh Steeler. You know how many head coaches I went through since 2009? Like, I say that like it was my team, but it really was because the performance of their teams was based on what their head coach was going to be. They go out and hire Freddie Kitchen or somebody like that. You're just like, yes, they got another one, baby. Because you just look at their hiring process or changing ownership or just the players that they went and drafted, and you just say, y'all are not going to get that spot is meaningless as a game could actually be with safety involved in it. You know, okay, let's make it out healthy so we get into the playoffs. We'd be starting off those games, okay, and Ben would not be dressing, and he'd say to us, hey, y'all know what this game is. Play it the way you need to, and let's get into the playoffs. That's what it was. It's about as meaningless as it got. It's kind of a hot-button subject here for a lot of fans, but 
the Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season thing here. Do you think the players would care about that? Do you think that would be something like, hey, let's just not have a losing season? Um, I think older players that's been around would, would live in that world a little bit. Cam would. Uh, I think Chooks would. Um, TJ. Deontay. Do you, you know, yeah. I, I think he would look into that. Minka, very prideful guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyson Alulu. There's a few that would look at that situation and go, not on my watch. Yeah, I was going to say, you know? I, 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 it can happen someday. I just don't want it to be me. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. I, it can happen to y'all because I'm sitting back and you know what my. You know what I say? Yeah, you're you a losing clean. record. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. It's I played 11 way. seasons in the National Football League, never had a losing record. And contributed all 11, never had a losing season. And uh, it's looking like this group may not be able to say that, man, unless something crazy happened. If they lose to Carolina um, this upcoming weekend, that that really yeah, um, that put well, a damper it. on it. That's it. That's Yeah, it's nine losses. That's it. Yeah, I mean, that, they, that they have to damper. win out. I, but but let me ask that. you this: no, you you're more real about it than I could be because you've seen this this thing from a, a multitude of different ways and years and teams and outfits. You go into the season thinking, "Hey, this could be the year that the losing season happened." You had you ever had that conversation sometime over the summer? Yeah, I mean, you there's did. no way you wouldn't think that because at some point, you know, you knew you were going to have to do something involving rookies, change of mm-hmm. quarterbacks, and you didn't know what you were going to get in terms of health. There's also that, and it, it, there's no depth at a couple positions, including TJ's, which was the, the real killer on that side of the ball. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely crossed my mind. I I thought this season would go better than this, though. Yeah. I, I, I looked at it, though, uh, and I, had, I really had a thought about this season. Like, what did it take? For Pittsburgh to actually have a bad season like this, you had to retire, right? You had uh, Dwayne Haskins passing. You had TJ being out. You had a bunch of just like small new starters that came into a new franchise quarterback. It's been a lot this season. Well, and, you're omitting the part that, that you played for years, which is the left side of the line. The left uh, side, yeah. That that. I don't want to refer to it in the past tense because I'm not sure that it is in the past tense, but that's taken a long time even to get just where it is, which isn't great. And what's crazy, I had a a, a lot of hope in what that side was going to turn into because I looked at a couple of things. There was three people involved in that left side of the offensive line that I thought it would push it further to the center of the table saying, okay, we're going to play our part. Excuse me. One, you had Dan Moore who was a starter last year going into a second year, I said, what did most coaches say? From year one to year two is your biggest leap. Yep. And we hadn't seen much of a leap. And then nope. I also saw the left guard position between Kendrick Green and, and Kevin Dotson. And I said, the best man winning this job is what's going to make that left side strong. And we didn't get a whole lot up until late from that group on the left side throughout those three people. Heck, is Kendrick even dressing on game days now? He does not. No, you see he doesn't what I'm even saying? get a hat. Yeah. So it's, it's weird how the season kind of shakes out a little bit, DK. Which really says something considering that he can back up at center, but they even have J.C. Hasnauer for that. And I like J.C. J.C.'s yeah. a solid backup, which says a lot about that pick. Yeah, so it, it's – I don't know. Yeah. It's meaningless football. 
is what it is, but they can maybe... Actually, you know what? Let's do that in the next segment. What can they do to make it meaningful? Which players should we be looking at out there over these final four games? All right? Okay. Let's do that. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. And as promised... You know, it's one thing to just complain about things. It's another to offer some solutions, right, Moan? Positive, yeah. constructive. So it that's is, what we're going to do here in this segment. We're going to look at their meaningless games in terms of the standings and outcomes and so forth. They don't have to be meaningless in terms of evaluation and development here. Then let's see some younger guys. Give me a name here. Give me somebody that you'd like to see out there and getting some significant playing time, even if they're not necessarily totally ready for it. Miles Boykin. I'll throw him out there, but you man. were going to go with a young guy. I, I would, but this is a, I mean, a big body guy who's a veteran yes. who you know is very usable, man, mm-hmm. is in a lot of situations. I know we, we like to go with the young guys a whole lot, but I always have question coaches like, why do you have a veteran on your team that you know is capable and you don't use them don't more than what them. you need? You know, and in, and in favor I, of what? Gunnar Olszewski getting twelve snaps and three targets a game. What's the point of that? I have no clue. I have absolutely no clue behind that. Uh, another one for me, man, is DeMarvin Leal. Uh, oh, just because well, when he comes back, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well, he's well, getting there. It, if he get there, and I'm just this is for the rest of the year in a sense. It's like, dog, uh-huh. you, we need something out of you to to see what next year is going to look like. Um, and uh, to to another guy that's on that list to me too would be honestly. Uh, I'm gonna say this name. You're gonna be like, why? Marcus Allen. Okay, <laughs> why? <laughs> you got me. Yeah, and I knew I would get you right there, man. Youth needs to show something, and it's more than just your social media in a sense. I saw this guy post, uh, vote for me for the Pro Bowl, and maybe a lot of people don't have you know any needs to be putting that out there because it's just like, dude, I don't know if there's many people know about you outside of the city uh, as far as your play goes. And I'm thinking to myself, I know he has the want and drive and will to get the job done in those situations, but it never shows up, DK. We talk about run support a lot when it comes down to this defense. Remember, we talked about Terrell Austin, Terrell Austin and how his defense goes. Like, yeah, why yeah. aren't you on the field? Why aren't you being the dude that you want to be sparingly? Let's see that all the time because he's mm-hmm. an athlete. He's played big-time college ball and has made a player too. But I'm thinking to myself, why why are we still at this spot anymore if we're not going to get much out of it? Yeah, I'm going to throw Mark Robinson into this pack for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, we saw what he can do in the preseason. Yes, it was just right. preseason and everything. But, hey, it is Carolina, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> so it feels yeah. like preseason. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that's, so, the, that's the annual trip. So, right. So Mark Robinson can go out there and, and maybe make some plays. Learn some lessons. Learn some hard lessons. Is Devin Bush going to be on this football team next year? Highly unlikely. I doubt it. Highly unlikely. So let's start seeing what other options are now, especially when you know Miles Jack is playing through a knee issue. You've already got his snaps somewhat limited. Put him out there, man. I don't even – look, if he gets blown up, if they give up long runs, that's not any different than what we're seeing now, except that he has a chance to get better and the other ones uh, maybe don't. I, I, I guess on the offensive side, I'd love to throw somebody else in into the offensive line mix. Just, but do you, 
You know, ain't much. Ter- well, I, I'm gonna throw that that group you spoke about earlier, the left side, um, for this reason, man. Who would you put there? No, no, no I don't even want to put them there okay, because I, I think, think so. we're we're having a conversation about what's next, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what needs to happen? Those two fellas on the left side gotta pull something together, together, and it has been slightly better, right? You can say it's been better. Yes, no but this question. week they they got a trench monster by the name of Brian Burns that's that's coming into their front house, front door, and there's a level of exposure, and this may not be a national game, right? But there's a level of exposure that a lot of people will see on their film if you allow him to get off on you. Ten and a half sacks and 18 quarterback hits on the season. He's no play, nobody to sniff at. So good of a player that you had the Rams want to mortgage another string of first-round draft picks <laughs> to get him before the trade deadline. You remember that conversation yeah, they had? Yeah, I mean, can't believe they have any left. <laughs> he, where they getting him from? Uh, but he's that good. He's one of those guys on a week like this, even that guard. Right. I say we got to lock it down. And I, I think there is no bigger audition than what this left side of the offensive line have in front of them this weekend against Carolina. That's interesting. That's a, that's a pretty neat way to look at it. Uh, I, I would just in general moan. I'd like to see a little more caution thrown to the wind because it's not just on the players too. Uh, let's see the deep ball. Let's see. Let's not worry so much about, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, when I, I'll say this for, for Mitch Trubisky, when he came out on Sunday, uh, this past Sunday, he came out slinging, yeah. you know, and all of a sudden everything just looked a little bit different. Stop being so afraid. Mm-hmm. You're not going to learn anything about this. And if you're Matt Canada, you're getting fired anyway. You I- might as well go down <laughs> firing, right? Right? Yeah. I'll say this, though. You know how I spoke about a lot lately, the delegation of who gets the ball, right? Yeah, yeah. If it is Mason, I know Mason has that that screw you attitude to where I'm going to run the offense the way I want to because he's had to deal with A.B. a little bit when he was playing. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, give me the ball, give me the ball. And I feel like Mason's in a position now to be a veteran to where he'd be like, no, I'm running this offense the way I want to. And when you'll get the ball or I'm going to go to who I want to, it, to me, it'll be very interesting to watch him do work this weekend. When we come back, the only segment that matters. Hey, man. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show and the only segment that matters. It's brought to you by our friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where three expert chefs fine-tune every detail so that every sub, burger, salad, wrap, drink, and app is crafted for craveability. Order your favorite entry today at the Get-Go Cafe and Market. Better believe it. We had a good one today, Moan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to let's, uh, let's do it. Let me uh, find this thing. Yeah, wow. see, look at you being a superstar, uh, just a superstar host. Oh, man. here it is. <laughs> it's all Having smooth it and everything, and then it's just like, yeah. it's, just, it's just a complete disintegration before your very eyes. Steve from San Antonio says, Hey, Moan, the discussion you had earlier this week with DK about concussions was excellent. How much full contact do you feel is appropriate for kids? I live in Texas. I'm not aware of the rules in other states, but in Texas, full contact practices in the spring are permitted. And I think 12 full contact practices in all. I'm not sure this is really safe. In fact, it might be insane. Uh, Young brains don't need all that extra contact in the spring. 
I don't believe even the NFL allows this much, does it? Great show to uh, to you guys. Happy holidays. The same back to you, Steve. Same to you, uh, Steve. Great question. Yeah. Because that time of the year is about to start circling around for those uh, those winter workouts for football kids and spring practice and stuff like that. Uh, I'm I'm a I'm an advocate for you do what's best for your kid. Is where I'm at. If you feel it's inappropriate. Don't let them do it. Pull them out. There's enough time to get adjusted to what football demands out of kids. There's enough time to say, hey, if you got it, you got it, right? I know some of my former teammates played when they uh, started playing tackle when they was five years old. I know one in particular, David DeCastro, didn't start playing until he was a freshman. My brother Renardo didn't play until he was a sophomore and ended up going to the NFL. I played, I started playing my seventh grade year. For my kids, they start playing no sooner than their seventh grade year. Also, and you told uh, them much, that that's a. But for anybody who doesn't know, that's a decision that you made beforehand. That yeah, wasn't just like, oh, hey, can we try this? You told them mm. no football till seventh grade. Yeah, and I got I got coaches now asking me, hey, can we get him to play like my youngest? I'm like, yo, my rule is my rule, uh, and and especially for. Uh, kids that play on the offensive line or defensive line, whether it be outside linebacker, tight end, offensive tackle, guard, center, D tackle, D in. Uh, look, most coaches at that age, and I'll go pre seventh grade is where I'm at. Okay, uh, it's falling bodies for the most part. I know some some organizations and states and teams they do real good by making the teams look good. They got intros. They, they know how to score. That's fine, but. I'm just not into it that soon because what are you going to retain? Most of these teams, for the most part, is giving the ball to the fast kid and letting them go anyway. Right. I'm a I'm a huge <laughs> advocate of I think flag football is appropriate. I, I think it's okay. And I'll say this too. I say all that to say this. I grew up doing spring football. I did. Uh, seventh grade, we tried out. And then we didn't have the summer stuff. Like my kids in, in middle school, they have weightlifting and they also have spring ball. I didn't do that. We had a tryout. That was about it. We had no summer workouts. They have summer workouts now. They actually have a camp. They have all of these things. And I I look at it and I think coaches have have gotten selfish in their approach to time because you're starting football in like mid-July or football training in mid-July. And a lot of these kids, and you know I have a kid that does, I have two kids that do travel baseball. It cuts into their time. There's too much overlapping. In the springtime, it used to be for basketball for summer basketball and now you got spring training and then spring practice um coaches have gotten more selfish but i'll say this the race to get scholarships the race to get recognition and stars have also sped up exponentially in the sense that you gotta get out ahead of it or you're gonna get left behind depending on what your athletic ability is is it too much for some kids potentially i'm not into the Bull in the ring, the the one-on-ones every day, the improper techniques talk to kids. And I'm speaking specifically about either in the trenches or these dumb coaches that have these kids running into one another 10 years apart, 10, 10 yards apart. That's stupid. So if you see it and you realize that looks non-football like, say something. Because you say might something. actually save somebody else's kid, say not something. even yours. Yep. Yeah, speak up because if you just stand there and watch it and say, "Well, this is just how it is," because it's what coach says, uh, it's it's not okay. <laughs> or or the idea that hey, football is gonna make you tough. Yeah, there's a level of 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 like adversity you go through in the game, mm-hmm. right? But if you ain't tough, 
you're not going to be tough, and that's perfectly fine. Yeah, and also, it, you're not even signing up. It's okay, okay? Like, if you got to prove somebody you need to play football to be tough, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of, okay? Tough is making sure your bills are paid every single month. Tough is having conversations with your kid or with, with, with your job or your boss or knowing when not to do something. That's tough. Football ain't that. Don't give me that, hey, look at my my high school like like state championship ring. I never got one, and guess what? A lot of those dudes that got those rings never played in the NFL. So were they tough? No. It's about do you have it or do you not? And do you enjoy it? You got me going. I, I see that. I, I want to throw in one thought of my own that's not related at all to kids playing, but why coaches emphasize and want so badly for there to be physical contact in preparation because I feel like that they can also be vilified without thinking of their context. So looking at it from their perspective, I have one very short argument to make in their favor. Okay. That is this, the first half in Cincinnati. (laughs) Yeah. One team prepared physically. The other team sat all of its starters. The Bengals did. Okay, yeah. Zach Taylor was was criticized for that roundly. He didn't have the Bengals prepared to play physical tackle football. And the Steelers destroyed them, yeah. destroyed them in the first half, which we now can see in hindsight was not going to be the norm for mm-hmm. either team. Why did it happen? Because the Bengals didn't partake in tackle football enough up to that point so again setting that aside that's not it's got nothing to do with the kids or anything like that it's just it is part of the game and so is preparing for it i'll say this real quick and we got to do predictions right we do Uh, for this weekend i'll say this about toughness toughness to me isn't physical toughness to me isn't if you're fast enough strong enough toughness to me is more mental than it is anything else everybody gets got in football Basketball, baseball, hockey, you've seen the best get got, right, DK? Yes, yes. You've all the seen time. Um, yes. you've watched Joe Green. We've seen James Harrison get got. I've had conversations where it was like, man, that play right there was ugly. Everybody gets got. Okay. Football don't make it tough. Toughness is can you get got and go do it again? And there is a level of football to where you have to have the right mindset in all sports. You got to have the right mindset to endure it. I say time and time again, there were guys who were better athletes than me, but they weren't tougher mentally than me to actually survive or have a, a, a get benched or not win a starting job to win. You know, like that's tough to me more than almost anything else. I've seen guys lift the entire weight room. Oh, yeah, he's a tough guy. No. I blocked the heck out of this dude. He ain't tough. He just weight room strong. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do. Let's get our predictions in for this week (laughs) in Charlotte, North Carolina. What you got, Moan? I got the Steelers winning this one, man. Why? Because they must and they have to. This team is in in such a disarray as far as the the, uh, as far as Carolina goes that I think we're strong enough from a coaching standpoint to actually get the job done. This isn't a Baltimore-like week where you say they have an identity. What is the Carolina Panthers' identity? Okay, if, uh, if it's uh, Sam Darnold. slash A, yeah. You, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Sam Darnold playing? Okay, yeah, we should get him. I got the Steelers winning. I'd almost say they will put up points this week because they got to let it hang out. 24-17 Steelers. Now, I'm not feeling as good about it, Moan. I, I feel like 
you know, there's there's a lot of uncertainty uh, on the Steelers. Actually, I was about to say the offense. It, it's really it's both sides right now. In fact, you can't even trust the special teams at the moment after oh, what gosh. happened against the Ravens. Uh, the Panthers have won two in a row. They've scored 53 total points in doing so. Now, granted, it was one of those was against the Broncos, but the other was against the Seahawks, who have okay. a winning record at the moment. And I and it was at Seattle, which you know nobody really anticipated. But Moan again to go back to our opening segment. It's it, you can't manufacture the game being meaningful. It yeah. either is or it isn't, or and the Panthers can be in first bleeping place, even though they're <laughs> five and eight. You know, so you go on the other side. I I am. I okay, I just say fair. I think I think Carolina's I think Carolina's going to do just enough, uh, regardless of you know I I know what you're saying, and it looked yeah. like they they punted on their season when they traded Christian McCaffrey and everything else, but they're, they're doing just fine. It's not just the last two. They've won three out of the last four and they only lost to the Ravens in that sequence, 13 to three. So I don't know. I I don't know. It's a tough one. It also doesn't really mean anything from the Pittsburgh perspective. (laughs) All right, well, let's get together, Moan, and do do another one there after the game in Charlotte. All right. I'm with it. I'll be here if you are. Yeah. Yeah.